A singularity is a place in science where the laws of physics and or mathematics break down. A spiritual singularity is a place where our religious or spiritual beliefs break down and we are scared or unable to live beyond those beliefs. I'm Rob Durlich, and this is the Into the Singularity podcast. Much like going into the unknown of a black hole, this podcast is about going into those singularities and in having the courage to do so, may we discover the truth that lies on the other side and the spiritual freedom that is available to us all. Three Christian men walk into a bar. They sit down. The bartender asks them each what they would like to drink. The Catholic man, he orders a beer. The man in the middle is a fundamental Christian, and he doesn't drink, so he orders himself a Coke. And the third man, he's a mo- more modern Christian, tends a megachurch in his city. He orders a nice glass of wine. What do each of these men have in common as they sit there and converse? presumably discussing their faith, their different expressions of their denominations and their, their belief systems. The Catholic man, he's going to describe a, a system of faith that looks somewhat like this. He believes in the hierarchy of, of a government of, of a church, and he believes that there is one man above all of that. The man is a spokesman for God, and he is called the Pope. And underneath of that, that structure is millions of priests in different hierarchy of titles. And that man, the Pope, controls all of it. He controls even the sexuality of all of these priests and bishops and cardinals, etc., etc. This Pope lives in his own city, his own country, his own government, and he is the supreme ruler of all of that. And in fact, this Pope has so much power, he can control the sexuality of all of their followers. He controls what the rituals are. He tells them what to do, even what to eat during parts of the year. And this is this man's faith because he believes this ritual system will bring him closer to God. Well, is the path of redemption, is the path of forgiveness for him. The man in the middle is a fundamental Christian. His expression is different. He does not believe in the way of the Catholics. In fact, if he's honest with himself, he doesn't really believe that the Catholic, a Catholic church, a person of faith of the Catholic church, is a Christian, even though they both believe in the expression of Jesus Christ as the forgiveness of sin, as some sort of pathway to God and to redemption. But he's, he's a fundamental Christian. He believes you're saved by grace, and that is the only path to forgiveness. That is the only path of redemption. And there's nothing that should be in between that. There are no rituals. There, there is no other sacraments. There's nothing else that is there. But what makes him different is he's also radical. He's radical in his faith. He believes it through the core of his being. At least he has it memorized through the core of his being and because he knows his Bible. And he's been taught, and he's trained, he's taken the Bible courses, he's taken the Bible studies, and he knows exactly what his denomination believes. He might be Reformed, he might be Baptist, he might even be Charismatic. But he knows what it is that he believes, he knows why he believes. In fact, he's got most of the Bible memorized, and he can quote chapter and verse to defend his beliefs, much like a lawyer in court quoting a law. 
He's good at it. And he'll defend it. In fact, if he's honest with himself, he's probably a little bit scared that he might get it wrong. So he's diligent in understanding his Bible. What's interesting about this person, if you hear him talk, he's going to talk a lot about Jesus. But who he quotes is mostly going to be the Apostle Paul. Because Paul is really who he worships. Paul is who he really follows. Because Paul has written most of the doctrine that his church follows. Because Paul is the one that they look to to interpret the words of Jesus and the meaning of the life of Jesus as it speaks to redemption and it speaks to forgiveness and it speaks to salvation. And it's through Paul that most of the doctrinal terms that he uses, like redemption and justification and sanctification, on and on and on, are used. And of course, he follows the other apostles too, and that is the core of his belief system comes through knowing chapter and verse of what these men wrote about Jesus and about God. And he follows that to the T, and he will debate and argue with other people that believe differently because he is sure of his beliefs, and he's radical. And I suppose there's some respect to be given to his devotion, to his diligence in understanding his sacred text, the Bible. Well, then there's the third man, and he's just sitting there sipping a glass of wine, hearing the other two speak as they are both very different in their expressions of faith. And he goes to a church that's modern, modern worship, has a nice band. They put on a nice production for Easter and a nice production for Christmas. And the pastor gives up and gives his 30-minute sermon every, every Sunday. And it's nice, and it's rooted more philosophically than hard doctrine of belief and radicalism. It's about how to use Jesus to feel good, how to feel better, how to be happy, and how Jesus has made a way for us to have a great life. And he speaks to that, but he doesn't really understand all the deep doctrine that the fundamentalist is talking about. And he does reject the deep symbolism of the Catholic man. But he feels good about it, and he can speak to a more positive approach to life. But he doesn't really understand his Bible, not, not nearly like the fundamental Christian. He doesn't understand all these doctrinal terms that the fundamental Christian is using. But he has a nice family, and they all go to church every Sunday, and they go to their home group, and they live a very nice life. These are the three types of Christians. And I'm painting here with a very broad stroke, of course, to show three different radical examples. But somewhere, if you are a Christian, you fit into the realm of some of those. One of those you can identify more with than the other. But what do all three of these men have in common? All three of them are, despite their beliefs, despite how one may differ than the other, they're all seeking a spiritual experience in this life. They're all seeking a path of what they believe is needed, a path of redemption, a path of forgiveness, and a path, ultimately, of spiritual freedom. And all three of these have found some sort of solace in their expressions of faith, in their church, 
in the belief system that has been presented to them. But that's just the thing, isn't it? All three of these men, whether they were born into it or their life experience brought them to a place where they are seeking some sort of spiritual truth, has led them to take on a production or a package, but a produced set of beliefs that was told to them and taught to them, and they believed it. Whether it's just the gospel of positivity and prosperity, where it's just how to philosophically use Jesus to feel better, or it's the fundamental Christian who has read books on theology, taken theology courses, or it's the Catholic who has followed all the different sacraments and the rituals that his church tells him to follow. All three of these men, they're seeking a spiritual life. They're seeking a path of redemption. They're answering a need inside of them to be connected to God. But this is where I want to ask the question of all three of these men. Do you feel deeply connected to God, or do you feel connected to your beliefs? Is there an itch inside of you that says there is something more that is for you, but your belief system doesn't allow you to access it, doesn't allow you to go to that place? And maybe your life is hasn't challenged you to the point where you really have to wrestle with your faith. But let me ask you, because you're likely, if you're listening to this, one of those three, obviously, you might be a woman, and you have a different experience than the three men here, but ultimately, you understand the, the positions of these three men, and you identify in some way with this kind of belief system, this kind of church, whether it's the hierarchy or it's the fundamentalism and the dedication, the discipline, or it's, you know, you're part of the, the church and the community, and you're... you're, you're you know, you're doing the thing to try to find peace and joy in this life. You identify with one of those three. But I want to come back to this question as this podcast is titled Into the Singularity. What is underneath all of that? Is there an itch, a desire for something a little deeper, for something a little bit more? a little bit more expansive than the walls of these three different belief systems of these three different types of Christians? Is there something more? Is the belief system that you have limiting who you're meant to be? Is it holding you back just a little bit or maybe a lot? But your belief system does not allow you to question it. It does not allow you to explore your spirituality beyond itself. It's its own ecosystem, and you're not allowed to explore these questions beyond itself, beyond what it's presented to you, beyond the package. So what is it that you believe, and does that differ from what you actually desire? Is there a cry in your heart for a deeper level of spirituality, a deeper connection to yourself? a deeper connection to others, and a, thus a deeper connection to God. But these belief systems and these structures are just in the way. And what does that mean if they're in the way? 
What does that mean if the answer to that question is yes? Are you a little bit scared about challenging that a little bit to open up that doorway of possibilities of an expansive experience of God beyond the structures that you've been presented to? Are you a little bit scared of that? And I want to ask the question, why are you a little bit scared of that? What does that mean? What does that mean for you to have that little bit of fear come up? Even the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. So where, what is that fear? What is that about? And is what you believe really a pathway to love? For God so loved the world. But then beliefs and doctrines are added to that to create this whole system really revolved around guilt and shame, and thus redemption. So what is it that you actually believe, and what is it that you actually desire? Are these two opposed to each other? Are they in some sort of conflict? Is there a negative vibration between these two, and the desire has to be pushed away? But let me challenge you. If you're one of these three, what do you desire? And why is desire wrong? If you were created by God, made in the image of God, why is what you desire wrong? In different facets, each of these three have a level of denying their humanity. Each of these three get into dualism. And ultimately, that's the denial of humanity. Desire is something I want to expand more on because it's a very interesting thing to explore, especially in terms and light of our humanity. But why is desire wrong? Why do you have to quelch desires in your heart? What does that mean? Maybe. Maybe. That's a call to awaken to a higher degree of spirituality, a spirituality that expands beyond these systems, a spirituality that that acknowledges that there's this cry inside for a deeper connection to the bigger thing, bigger and deeper beyond the package, the structure. I want you to think about that. If there's this little, as I'm speaking, this little this little rise inside of you. Why is that wrong? I want you to think about that. Because maybe, maybe. And on one hand, we can acknowledge that each of these men were drawn to their, their, their faith, their expressions, each of the three, because they had a need for a deeper spiritual truth. And they found a spiritual, they found a variety of spiritual truths and each one of these three expressions. But maybe there's more spiritual truths yet to be discovered, and that desire, that quickening inside yourself to awaken to something more is to expand that. Because maybe you're the subject of a history of beliefs of men and men and some women but mostly men that have studied their spirituality within 
their cultures, within the context of their world at that time. And they have brought down a belief system that you have inherited, but you don't understand exactly why you believe it. And you don't know what to do with the desire in your heart for something more. I'm here to say that desire is a holy desire, a sacred desire, a desire from the divine to expand your capacity to blow past beliefs and actually experience a deep spirituality that is both alive and exciting and invigorating and not bogged down by beliefs, by rituals that just keep you on a pathway but leads you not into anything that is deep and expansive. That desire was given to you by God because you were created by God in the image of God, so why are we denying it? Acknowledge that desire. Go into it, into the singularity. It's it's a dark place inside of you. Why? Because it's the unknown. But go into that place. Ask the questions that you're afraid to ask. Acknowledge the divine desire to expand and just trust that it will lead you to a place of light, of understanding, of mystery, a paradox, but a place that will invigorate you, that will open up your eyes to the world with more love, with more openness, with more oneness, for more understanding. More questions will come, but that's the nature of spirituality. That you take a step of faith outside the structures into something new, something exciting, something that is birthed inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Also, for more content, please follow me on Instagram at Rob Derlich, R-O-B-D-R-L-I-C-H. Also, visit me at robderlich.com, R-O-B-D-R-L-I-C-H.com. dot